welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran Donnie. I'm your season five neophyte. And today... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot I didn't say my name. <laughs> you said it with such conviction, I was rolling. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, sure. Anyway, that's Frank. Um, <laughs> and today we're taking a look at season five, because we finished it up. And what felt like forever, <laughs> we finished it's, it up. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, of course, it is worth mentioning, because this is a season five wrap-up, um, the content warnings may run the gamut because of the fact that we are going to kind of be discussing and it's going to be a bit more open-ended some, than some of our formal episodes. Uh, so definitely check the show notes to see what exactly uh, we are going to be talking about. If you recall, this is the season that has quite a few things that happen. Um, I mean, this is the season that literally opens up with Manny getting filmed while intoxicated and her taking off her top after some coercion. So, unfortunately, there will be quite a few things that we are going to be talking about. Um, But once again, check the notes, see which parts of it you feel comfortable consuming or not, um, and stay safe while you're listening. Um, but we made it. So season five, season five is, honestly, I can't believe it. Um, (laughs) I I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into this. I got thoughts. Um, but also it was, um, I was telling Frank earlier, I was listening to the season four wrap up, um, which is truly iconic because that was the one that the first 45 minutes got lost, uh, in somewhere. Um, Oh God. I remember that night. (laughs) so many funny moments in that episode purely because of like us just being so angry like you can hear (laughs) the anger in our voices for the first like no joke 30 minutes and then we slowly get back into discussion but for a very long time there's so much passive aggression during the whole entire (laughs) experience and my favorite thing is we weren't angry at each other we were just angry at fate (laughs) no that was exactly it It, because it was nobody's fault it's just something weird happened with the computer like we just lost it and we don't really know why and and it's just how the only thing the only blame we really cast was on basil because in the first 45 minutes that were recorded she jumped in your lap so we said that like cosmically the episode couldn't exist because basil did that yeah thanks basil yeah who is behind me right now all curled up and totally unaware that we are trash talking here um but season five is an interesting season um we are in a part of degrassi that i definitely was watching at the time and as it was coming out um this is a season that I remember reading a lot of entertainment articles about um, because of some of the plots. And it was one of the seasons that I've been on this podcast that it really didn't meet the expectations that I created as a kid. Um, I mean, it's just like, how do you follow up season four? They couldn't like, even follow up season four. <laughs> what? They couldn't even follow up the actions of season four half the time in season four. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've di- we discussed at length, like, how you right. follow up season four uh, in season four. But it's just like, for this, um, like, we don't get anything as overly 
as like big as time stands still in this season or um or shout or whisper to a screen um instead i feel like there's more episodes of little moments here and there um and and like more personal stuff going on um, not in the not in the extent that we wanted, like not in the extent of just like you know really getting knuckles deep into these characters, but instead just like you know uh, we're dealing with kid like kids, like the main things aren't like there was this horrific event that happened at the school, so we're all dealing with that. Instead, it's just like we're dealing with like. Manny's personal journey and Paige's personal journey and eventually Emma's journey. Um, but like, it's still season five still leaves me unsatisfied. Yeah. It's, I feel like my feelings towards season five are this. I think that storytelling wise on a technical level, it's probably one of the tightest seasons. Like, Everything seems to have a place. Plots stretch out throughout the season. There is a lot of like, con- there is a lot of attempts at consistency and things like that. On a plot level, on a character level, it's kind of horrendous. Um, people are just kind of playing out the plots as opposed to the plots being kind of granted to characters that make sense. Um, like. Honestly, I'm coming out of season five and it's like, who do I like? And not just who do I feel bad or who do I feel like the writer screwed over? Who do I genuinely like? Because legitimately, like all of the characters have done something pretty upsetting or they've done something that has been frustrating or they have done something that, like, or they've, like, taken back. Like, I feel like, mul- like legitimately, not ironically, multiple characters have taken back a cheating partner and things like that. Like, there are things in here that I just was not happy to see these characters do. And it wasn't even a case of, like, well, sometimes your your faves have to do things that disappoint you, or sometimes your faves do things that are, like, you know, upsetting, because that's just how the story goes. Like, I feel like a lot of characters have come out of this season pretty unlikable when they did have an okay ending in terms of character perception on season four. Yeah. Um, like... Sorry, I, I am struggling because I had to go back once again because a lot of times I forget what was and what wasn't in these episodes. Right. Um, you know, like we we saw the return, like we saw the return of like Kevin Smith again, and like I have to remind myself of that, and. I think because a lot of these plot lines weren't character driven, they were just plot driven. That's why they're so forgettable to me. I agree. Like, it's, um, Oh, go on. Sorry. Well, it just like with, with the, when Craig was introduced, 
I remember his fear as his father like lost his temper for the last time. Um, and like him like running out the window and then his heartbreaking talk with Sean and Joey. Um, you know, I remember Sean um, like being like being so cute on his first date with Emma um, and how badly that date went. In season five, it's it's I, ha- I have to struggle. Like I remember a pregnancy plot line. I remember a like I remember JT going ending up in the hospital. And it's just like I remember these things, but I don't remember specifics about them because nothing really stands out. Like it <laughs> seasons one through four, I felt like I was in it with them. Season five, I felt like I was just kind of surfing over it. Mm-hmm. And like not even like on like I was just like in a mosh pit and like being body surfed away from Degrassi. Like there's no intimacy to it. Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you said that because I was ready to just kind of blame it on the fact that my brain just does not contain information at the level that I want it to. But when I was trying to think back on season five, I was finding myself really having to go through my notes because I was just like, I don't really remember episodes. Like, I don't remember discernible episodes. Meanwhile, season one through four... Could I name every single episode? Probably not. But I can definitely tell you some highlight episodes, good or bad. I could tell you what their A plots were, what their B plots were, you know, moving moments and things like that. But season five was kind of a blur. And and part of it, you know, is the fact that a lot of these plots were carried out through multiple episodes, right? It's hard to kind of, with some of these overarching plots, it's hard to say definitively like one episode that things happened. Um, but emotionally, it just didn't seem to resonate quite at the level that past seasons have. And it's, this season's very peculiar to me in the sense that, like, I do think writing-wise, it's very tight. And I feel like that's something that I said a lot throughout the season was, hey, like, this was a really tight plot, or like, this was really, you know, able to be told within the time period. But once again, it, it, and maybe the emotion might have made some of the writing sloppier, may have made some of these episodes sloppier in the past. It did give it more heart. And, and I think that that was the thing that I have been the most disappointed by as an adult watching this is I felt that the earlier seasons, even season four, for its issues, had a couple episodes that I genuinely liked and genuinely made me smile. Or like, for example, um, I, when I was listening to the season four wrap up, we were talking about the plot in which Jimmy wanted to go to the Kid Elric show. And we yeah. talked about how much we loved Craig, uh, Marco, and Jimmy's friendship and how they were able to kind of be this, and we talked about the Euchre crew too, like these ideas of misfits kind of coming together and making these deep connections and maybe not being perfect, but they're passionate and they care. And I feel like this season, there were a lot of missteps in showing that care and showing that love and showing that unbridled passion of teenagers. And I think this happened a lot as simple as a lot of these plots did not seem to be in the point of view of the person that actually would have had the most emotional resonance. Um, I think this happened with Liberty's plot, the fact that it was all about JT. That's not to say 
that there couldn't have been some parts of JT. I think the fact that JT was feeling the financial stresses um, and then eventually is looking into, um, you know, the, you know, stealing drugs from the pharmacy and things like that. Yeah, that's right. That plot could have been from JT's point of view and could have stayed in JT's point of view. But all of it was, except for that one episode where Liberty um, is upset about how her son is going to be moving out of the country. Um, and that just doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't seem like what it should be. Like, there's so little autonomy for her. And I feel this way similarly in the sense of the Paige and Alex plot lines. So much of it was Paige begging Alex to have motivation, begging Alex to do something. When the fact is, is that the real conflict there is what is blocking Alex? What is preventing her from doing this stuff? And we didn't really get to the ending of that or the conclusion of that until we got hastily toward the end of the season. And and those are just two notable points. And, and I think this also goes kind of for Manny's situation where so much of Manny's shit, and this is all season complaint because I don't think she ever really gets to speak for herself a lot of the time. But she has to suddenly be okay with Peter and be okay with the fact that Peter is in her life now because Emma is dating him. When the fact of the matter is, is that we never get to see her accept an apology from him. We never really get to see her, you know, make him take account, like ask him for accountability for his actions. We don't see her do anything. Literally, in the way that it's written, we're just supposed to assume they've made shit work because Emma was sick. And that doesn't sit right for me. Um, And I feel like that was the big misstep where I feel like it's not that these plots couldn't have been told so much as they had to be set from different point of views from the people who were the most impacted by it. It felt like there was this fear of being in the epicenter. It felt like they wanted to go out toward other point of views a lot of the time as opposed to truly going into the center of it who is the center of it and how are they feeling during it and i think that is why so little the season emotionally resonates well you gotta think you gotta think about that um i think they did that beautifully back in i want to say season four with that ellie episode where it shows her trying to manage everything and then resorting to cutting and self-harm to deal with it like you know we never had an ellie episode before that and all of a sudden to just dive into her life and you know see that like you know that could have they should have done that with alex there should have been an alex episode where she you know we see just how hard her life is like and we see just like how she doesn't have enough to go to the school and she doesn't like, you know, like where her money goes, um, you know, cause I'm assuming a lot of it goes to her mom and I'm mm-hmm. assuming a lot of that money is taken from her, taken from her mom by her mom's boyfriend. And it's just, you know, it, it, it makes Paige into a, it makes Paige look like she doesn't want to understand and it doesn't give any agency to Alex. Yes. Um, and 
but also I want us to do a fun game of like, let's mention anything having to do in the first half of the season. Cause fuck if I can remember anything that happened in the first half of the season. Cause we've mostly talked about the last half. <laughs> it's hard to discern, but um, before we start talking about that piece, I do want to say that Alex and this apprehension toward looking in her life reminds me a lot of Sean. I feel like both characters have given plenty of red flags and you're able to read between the lines, but there's been so much apprehension to truly showing their day-to-days. It's like we see, we have an idea of how bad things can get, but we rarely actually see how how their lives and how their ever like how the day-to-day goes for them. Um, and it's it's frustrating because it's it feels a lot like there is this almost classist apprehension toward truly going oh like we do have characters that have different socioeconomic levels we do have characters who have different life experiences how are these life life experiences different um and it's just very frustrating that both of these characters have been interesting insights potentially into different types of family structures um different types of backgrounds different types of socioeconomic backgrounds and yet there has been very little exploration on the plot and there's been a lot of like sidestepping around um we had an episode that kind of looked at sean's life after he after um tracker moves out um very surprised to remember his name um yes i am too (laughs) and um like you know he eats chocolate cake and drinks chocolate milk for breakfast like it would have been nice to show Alex, like, well, there's nothing here for me. Like, there's no, like, you know, how much work Alex has to do in her in her life besides working at the movie theater and going to school. Um, you know, it's just... Ugh. No, I feel you. And, and I, I also feel like um, I really like the moment that she has with Jay at the end of the season, but... Especially the fact that apparently he has okay enough rapport with, um, with, with like her family that he is still materializing to watch baseball and shit like that would have been an interesting thing also to see. And I feel like it would have made the back end of the season with them way more satisfying if it was a case of the two of them kind of avoiding each other because of all the contacts and because of what has happened to them and building a friendship not as a do-over, but kind of as like, a, you know, we have both grown, we've both gone our separate ways. What can our relationship look like now? And I think that would have given, that would have given so much more satisfaction toward the last part, which I already did quite like. Honestly, of the parts of the season, I think the moment with her and Jay is probably one of the most sincere and most um, engaging. But once again, it would be really fucking cool to have seen that be one of the arcs of the season. Um, but that's also just me. Well, it would have been also because like Jay's out of school now. Like he didn't try and worm his way back in like Spinner did. Like what is Jay, like Jay doesn't appear to have any gainful employment. So of mm. course he's going to go hang out with the one person who thinks he's cool. The like adult teenager that is, you know, Alex's mom's boyfriend. It's true. Like, you know, it would have, that would have, I really feel like Degrassi should have portrayed itself 
like an anime that has too many characters, like Fruits Basket, where it's just like, hey, we have like 12 or so members of this family. Each one gets an episode, you know, mm. like you say kind of like a skins approach. I think yeah, you've I've never seen skins, so I can't make that analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you I know I know you've made it multiple times. Um, but it's just like, you know, it would have been interesting to see Jay's boring ass, like, day where he does nothing but, like, smokes weed and, like, maybe hits on people who go into the dot until they, the dot tells him to leave. Yeah. Like, it's just, um, and just, like, <laughs> I know this is going to sound like a pull. But they did this in Mighty Ducks in a five-minute montage where um, Charlie and I forget the name of the one tough kid leave school. And they're like, we're just going to go join. Like, we're going to wave till 18 and join the Nationals. And, like, they just they're going on a roller coaster in a mall a bunch of times. And they're like, how many times can we go on this fucking roller coaster? Like, that would have been nice to see Jay. Oh, Jay is like, yeah, I'm enjoying like a week in the life of Jay. Mm-hmm. Where like Monday he's like yeah this is good like I don't have school and I don't do anything by Friday he's like I am so desperate for literally anything to do. So right, right, and I feel like that would be a better way to explore like I don't know because like it's like Degrassi has this very like moral take on a lot of things and I think this really happens with drugs and, and many things but definitely drugs and definitely sex in the context of girls. Um, but I feel like if you really want to try and get to the youth, I think trying to talk about how fucking lonely and awful it is to not have a routine is a great way to scare kids. Yeah. Um, that is a great way to get them to want to focus. Um, but but yeah, like I think that um, I think truly trying to get into the kids' heads, the characters' heads. Acknowledging you're not going to have each and every one each and every time, but truly deep diving for an episode, for two episodes into a into these kids' heads would be a very a, a very good way to explore the limits of point of view. It'd be a way to kind of figure out an arc of some sort, um, but also potentially find that connection because it's like, I don't know, it's just like, I don't expect... A, one teenager watching these shows to have every single experience um but you can still want to follow along and want to cheer these characters on um and it's just very hard to cheer them on um i know earlier frank you said like i can't really remember the <laughs> the first few episodes um and it's kind of hard to really it's really hard to, like, I have to go through my notes, and it's not very easy to kind of find your footing in them. Because they they open up with, like, JT driving the car and Liberty saying, like, I'm pregnant. Well, that's kind of, that's, isn't that the issue of it? Like, the, like, a show can't be built on shock moments. Right. Like, that's why I don't give a shit about Lost. Because Lost was just questions and shocking turns. I'm like, I don't care about shocking turns. I care about character interactions and, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Walking Dead has this problem, too. Yeah. Like, the, 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 
the second series of Doctor Who. Um, like, it's a two-part episode, and the first part of the episode, like, you, you see both the Cybermen and the Daleks are on Earth. And it's like, oh shit, we've never seen anything like this before. This is a big threat. I don't remember shit about actually what happened in the episode. But that's the episode where Rose Tyler and the Doctor are separated. Mm-hmm. What I remember, I don't remember the Dal- I, I remember the Daleks having one of the funniest conversations of just like bluster against the Cybermen. Um, to, like at one point the Daleks are like, you are only superior to the Daleks in one way. What is that? You are easier to kill. Jeez. <laughs> but um, I remember Rose Tyler slamming her fist against the wall, like when she separated from the doctor and just throwing all that emotion. And like, I remember Manny taking her top off and physically moving away from the screen. Cause I hated every part of it. I remember uh, Liberty telling JT I'm pregnant. Um, and like Marco coming out to his dad, which is never brought up again. Um, I will hand it though. I did appreciate parts of that. I did appreciate parts of that episode. Um, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's moments. It's, it's shocks. It's, you know. It's waiting for your reaction, not for your connection. Yeah, like, you have, like, a shock is meaningless unless you give a shit about the characters. Right. Like, when Rose gets separated, I loved Rose. She was one of my favorite characters. And now she's gone, and I'm just, like, heartbroken. You know? Right. And it's like, this season was such a disservice, I think, to connection that there are, like, when you really think about it, it is wild to me that this season was not focused on the graduating class and it was not focused on the senior year experience for them. I honestly could have done with a beach episode. Oh, I yeah. Like, honestly, honestly done with a senior trip beach episode. Right, especially because it's your first crew, many of which were characters that were on like the first season who were now old enough to graduate. And that feels like, especially because you have characters like Jimmy who may or may not be able to graduate, you have the fact that they're all trying to have a senior year after a really traumatic school year the year before. Um, You have them growing significantly and they're thinking about college and yes, they try to make that a plot, but Um, but there's like, that's your first shot and it would make sense to be the you know, the big times, the writers really look into the senior year experience and the idea of endings and how messy they can be, um, even if you don't want that to be the case. It just like, seems like a, why not? And Like, this is our, one of our biggest, going to be one of our biggest in memoriams of doing this show. Like, maybe not everybody's gone for good, but we are losing a lot of regulars who are now just, like, guest stars. It's yeah, there's a lot of like guest star statuses and and also more importantly at the end of the day even if technically technically a lot of a lot of the kids in this graduating class do move on to having plots outside of high school. However, yeah. however, 
the fact that they are no longer students like that needed some a better send-off the fact that they are no longer going to be in the halls of degrassi with their plots deserved some sort of send-off um and some sort of conclusion and arguably i like i mean not even arguably honestly i would have rather seen a good solid send-off of this season for this crew than post high school plots like i would rather this be streamlined to the junior high high school experience they graduate, maybe they hang out on, on like, you know, on like a winter break situation or something like that. But overall, like their stories end. They have graduated high school, the, you know, and that's it. Like, I would rather see that than drag these kids out to outside of high school plots. Yeah. I don't know how you feel as a newbie, as a veteran. I'm a little biased in this, but once again, I would have rather seen like a really, really, truly good, respectful send off for each of these kids than than what we got. I mean, yeah, like I don't, I don't really want to follow Macro into high school and <laughs> into college. I mean, like it's just a different vibe. Like I, I think that. I think the fact that college stuff gets lumped into YA is is kind of sucks um, because I feel like your your like late teens, early twenties to mid twenties, like that's such like a a specific moment in time, um, and arguably is more adult than teen media usually would want to go in. Um, and there is a lot of experimentation and there's a lot of identity exploration, but it's not the same as high school. So it really doesn't fit to me in teen media. Like, I feel like teen media kind of needs to be in its own because the characters are going on a very specific path within that age group. And then once they age into the next age bracket, they have a whole new set of challenges. Um, and I feel like when you start bringing the two together, it gets very tricky. I think a couple programs have been able to pull it off a couple books have been able to pull it off but it's few and far between and like honestly most of the time i would rather just the high school version is here and if there is a college version it's its own separate thing yeah well it's just like what other stories are there to tell with Paige, right. with marco like when marco go- <laughs> when marco goes to college Mm, he's going to be not home. So, you know, the whole thing with his dad is no longer an issue except on holidays. And it was just like, Oh, you're angry. You don't care for this dad. Well, I'm going to just go back to my apartment or whatever. Like, and that's a story in and of itself, but it's just like college is a time of freedom. And I think we discussed this in earlier episodes where it's just like having the parents be a point of kind of like maintaining boundaries means like means something and it's important. Mm -hmm. And once you remove that bound, those boundaries though, it's just like, well, who cares? I mean, I would argue it's not that who cares so much. 
it's well, new challenges that don't fit the challenges of high school. Well, okay, well, this is, like, um, this is kind of, I, I don't mean, like, I don't care about the plots at all. Mm-hmm. But, like, my thing is just, like, like okay, so, like, the, the way I see it is it's kind of like how the White Stripes write, like, used to write music. Like, they t- they do whole albums where, like, okay, this album, no slide guitar whatsoever. And then you get White Blood Cells, which is one of their best albums. Um, or specifically, the, 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 um, the song Little Room from that album. Um, when you're sitting in your little room and you're working on something good, but if it's really good, you're going to need a bigger room. And when you're in the bigger room, you might not know what to do. So then you're going to have to think of how you got started sitting in the little room. So, like, with Marco, okay, he screwed things up with Tim. And Dylan wants him back. Okay. He screws things up with Dylan. Back in high school, Dylan was basically, like, the one stop in town. Mm-hmm. In college... That's no longer an issue. <laughs> there are going to be dozens of boys who want to date that sweet, sensitive Marco boy. So that's kind of what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like problems that were in high school don't exist on the college level. Like, mm-hmm. it just, you know, it doesn't, that's why I mean I don't care because it's just like, well, you're just you can just go meet somebody new because college is a much bigger pool than like than the school. Your friends don't like you. Cool, join a club, like join a fraternity. Like, it's not it's not difficult. <laughs> it's not as difficult as high school. It's difficult in other ways, but it's not as difficult as in high school. I agree. So, so it's just, you know. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. No, nah, that's kind of my point. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess to echo, like, I feel like what happens a lot of the time is, like, you don't, I don't know, there's nothing wrong with the limits of what you have to work with when your characters are in high school. Much like there's nothing wrong with the limits of what you have with your characters in college. But trying to kind of smash the concepts together, I I think it does create this discrepancy that you are speaking to where the stakes are just different. Doesn't mean that, like, you know, neither plot is good or anything like that. But when you have them contrasted with each other, it is really hard to really pull it off. And, like, there are some, some dramas that can balance teen drama with adult drama with things like that. But I think when you directly start using the concept of college, it becomes really difficult to, to, to be able to follow as a viewer the stakes of what is high school and the stakes of what is college. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, now that there are people in college, I don't want them mingling with the people in high school. That's true. Like, it's just, like, they're, they're, if they're freshmen and in college, and even if they're seniors in high school, no. Right. <laughs> the only, the only time I feel like I've ever truly been like, okay, I am actually interested in watching these characters interact outside of, like, outside of high school is, you guessed it, Friday Night Lights, but because that is also a very real struggle of student athletes of, like, 
how do you move on when you have been like the best in the state at high school football? Do you go to college? Do you end up back home? If you're back home, what are you trying to do? Um, and in the case of that, you had like a, a patriarchal figure that was, that is the coach who cares about these kids still and is trying to find ways to keep them on track, even if he can't necessarily do it. Um, but once again, you have like a centering force that is Coach Taylor. Degrassi doesn't have that. Degrassi is kind of all over the place, which is fine. But it also makes it harder for you as a viewer to actually want to really follow these kids into college um, because it is supposed to be just a scattershot of a high school experience. Um, and that's fine. And that's all it has to be. Um, because at the end of the day, at least the way these kids are framed, we have so few student athletes, we don't even have that question of like what it's like to leave school after you've like been the best at your sport and you were a big fish in a small pond. None of these characters are going to have that problem. Jimmy could have, but he doesn't have that problem anymore. Like it's, it's just, I really wish this season was truly like a look in, in being a senior in like, you know, exploring how these characters have grown and exploring in the ways that they haven't. And, and in many ways, why they need to go to, they need to get out of here and continue to work toward becoming, you know, an adult. Um, I just feel like it, it was really disappointing, especially when we got to the last episode um, in which the senior, the graduating class hardly had much of a premise for presence for most of it. <laughs> what's funny is you uh I, I feel like you kind of misspoke the word of presence as presents mm-hmm. like as in gifts and I'm just like yeah i mean that's why they gave like they gave who knows what to, to snake because fuck it doesn't matter yeah um, and what kills me is i'm thinking like as we're talking about this i'm thinking like you know who did this so much better doug yeah like there's a whole episode where Doug is moving on, I believe, from like seven, like eighth grade to high school, mm-hmm. and he's so nervous and scared about it. And then like it turns out, the bully who he thinks, Roger the bully who he thinks is scared of nothing, is like I'm also terrified. Like I used to be a big man here, and like I, I don't know what to do in high school. Oh, and he's and they both realize, oh, at least we'll be together. Mm-hmm. It would have loved to see the opposite of that in this, where it's just like, fuck, like, we used to be together, and now we're not. And it's yep. just like, that means something, because my, my high school career, I was just like, woo, glad this shit's over. <laughs> but we have people who are actually friends in this, and, like, leaving means something from Degrassi, but they didn't do the legwork. I think that could be the other the subtitle for the for every episode. So, like, Eye Against Eye, they didn't do the legwork. Mm-hmm. Total Clips of the Heart, they didn't do the legwork. Like, yeah, it's it's it feels like every conclusion we ended up in in this season was unearned. Yeah. Jo- Joey leaves so unceremoniously. Yep. Like, you know, um... Apparently, somebody named Liz O'Rourke leaves unceremoniously. Hazel well, is... She was an original Degrassi cast member, and she was in the episode where where uh, Caitlin 
Emma and Manny have the horrendous, like, party where they hire the sex worker who looks like Snake. <laughs> um, and that, it's just, there's so much about this that is so confounding and just poorly thought out. Why do we have two instances of characters who cheated on their partners and end up back with them? Because... <laughs> because because it's a small it's a small town like it's everything about this all this is so confusing and but once again i kind of bring this up like that should be part of like being the high school plot of like you're you have limited options Mm. like you know um I don't know, like, I, I, because this, this, this season's so blah, like, besides continuing down the same paths of, like, they didn't do, they didn't do the work, and I wanted so much more from this, I don't feel like I have that much else to say about it. No, um, like, I, I, I don't I, either. I mean, I, it's weird. It, it's, it's, this feels like a C minus season. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it just feels like we're just moving on, like, and, you know, we had a huge thing last season. (laughs) Okay, well, for those who watch Killing Eve, this feels like season three of Killing Eve, except not good. (laughs) I don't want to give away any spoilers to that, but I'm just like, it just feels like this, this season washed over me. Now I'm on the other side, and I don't care anymore. Right. And, like, to really put this into perspective, like, in spite of what has been happening in the world, our recording schedule really hasn't taken a hit this season. We haven't had to take any breaks. We haven't had to do, like, any, like, you know, we haven't had to go to bonus content or anything like that. Season four wrap-up, I still felt like I had a pretty good handle on it, even though it took, like, six months for us to get through season four. Season five, we have definitely gone over... Like within the past, like within the past couple months, and I'm drawing a blank at times, and I'm having to flip through my notes. Like, it's just like you said, it just kind of washes over you. Um, but do you want to hear some rating information? Hit me with it. All right. So, um, for Canadian audiences, uh, the average audience was. 767,000 viewers, which was an increase of 24% from the previous season. Um, And it was considered the most successful season to date. Uh, So it had the best ratings between, uh, like, the best, like, uh, ratings from the past couple seasons. Um, There was the second episode of season, of this season, apparently broke 1 million viewers, which was wild to me. Um, but just to give you an idea of the sheer amount of people who are watching this, I didn't really find too much stuff. I had to like way back machine some articles to even get this information. I haven't been able to, I didn't really get very much, um, in terms of like American or the end viewership. Um, especially because like, I feel like past seasons there were like missing episodes and stuff like that. So the end stats were a little more, um, interesting. And I think they were a little easier to find because of that. Um, but 
it was interesting in the sense of like um one it didn't get as many acting awards as some of the past seasons so some of the past seasons you know like um we saw like jake epstein get um acting accolades we saw some writing credits things like that um the awards were very like two awards like one was for ensemble another one was like a directing related award it it just didn't have as many um nominations and things like that and obviously like you know awards are you could take or leave right like you know an award whether or not something is award-winning does not necessarily mean that it's worthwhile or anything like that but it's interesting to see the drop considering the first few seasons there was a lot of um, award-winning or nomination regarding script writing, regarding casting, regarding a whole lot of stuff. Um, so I found that very interesting. Um, and also, um, I personally remember with this season seeing a lot of stuff regarding the pregnancy plot, which now as an adult, I'm like, oh, uh, in 2020, I'm like, uh, this this could have been better. Um but a lot of episodes, specifically the how they handled eating disorders, um, critics were really had a mixed bag about it. Um, some people loved it and thought it was nuanced and thought it was like a look into what it was like to experience that. Other people found the episode kind of ham-fisted and things like that. Um, so there was definitely conversations happening regarding it, but it is interesting to see how the viewership was going up but some of the critic and accolade stuff was kind of oscillating between two viewpoints. I mean, I think we should never, I think we should never like question like or doubt. Like, I think when people become fans of something like this, they just are kind of like, well, I gotta stick it out. I mean, that's what I was doing. Yeah, I gotta get. We gotta get. We gotta make it through. Hey, oh, title of the podcast. Right. But it's also like I think there's also the piece of like, I, like for me watching Degrassi was like, I watched it and I enjoyed myself watching it alone, and then I had friends watch it with me. And I think there's also that piece, too, where you are watching it with a group of friends, you're having this experience, you're talking about it every single week, or you're marathoning it together, and you're like, oh, holy shit, I can't believe this happened, or, like, you're talking about the plots. Um, and I think that there's also that piece, too, where it was, even if you didn't necessarily love how it was going, you were having that communal experience with friends. And I think that's also really significant, watching it with people having that shared experience. It's why I feel like I personally have been able to stick with certain series and certain books and certain anything far longer was because I had the ability to talk about it with friends. And so we might also be seeing that piece of just like this communal wanting to see it through <laughs> because of the social experience of it. Well, I think like that's why our it's gotten so much better to get through this is because now you and I are watching the episodes together and reacting in real time to one another, right? And reacting real time to the actual, you know, uh, show. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but yeah, um, 
I'm I'm kind of ready. Did I, I already gave my ranking for this season. <laughs> you already got it. I, I thought you already said, it, but it's a, it's a C minus season. Oh right. I I I. It sounded more like it was like a C minus season, but you're like officially for sure this is a C minus season. <sighs> like it's just it gave me it gave me what I wanted. It gave me Paige and Alex, but everything else around that was such a trash fire. <laughs> you know um f- fucking i i'm like i and it finally gave me good joey of yep. like joey trying his best and joey finally dating somebody who was really nice and fun and you know being a big goofball like you know dad i'm like this is the joey i've always wanted um but yeah yeah uh let's go to some of our our bits that we do when we get to the end of the season uh we got our first which is things that make you go ooh and things that make you go huh um so i had trouble finding an ooh to be honest with you hoo-hoo um i guess my my if i had to pick an ooh um it was probably when Marco came out to his dad and he specifically told him that, like, you can't just ignore the fact that I'm gay. Like, the fact that his dad's reaction was just like, you know, I just can't accept this part of you. And Marco said, like, you know, shut that down. I thought was a really important conversation piece within the context of um, of seeking acceptance from people. And I think that it's really important when we talk about coming out and when we talk about boundaries and negotiations of it, I think that it's really important to see a character go, no, like, you know what, this this standard that you're putting on me is bullshit. This is a part of who I am. Um, And I think that in spite of a lot of the flaws and in spite of the fact that that really wasn't talked about outside of that episode, I really appreciated that he did say that in the moment. Um, for me, uh, my thing that made me go, ooh, was just constantly seeing Paige and Alex together. Um, and not just because I was like, well, I was shipping it, but like at the beginning, it seemed like they were determined to accept each other on each other's terms. Like, um... Like, Alex seemed to accept, like, okay, Paige is very, very girly. And Paige is just like, Alex is Alex. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, And, like, I feel like in a better writer's hands, that could have really become something even more amazing. But, alas, they they got together and became background dressing. um, Which bummed me out. Yeah. So. Sorry, Frank. Maybe in the future. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure even if in the future it won't be it won't be well. Um what made you go, huh? The entire handling of Liberty and Manny. Yeah. Like just so poorly, poorly handled. Just from start to finish, soup to nuts. And like if you want the specifics, you can listen to the episodes of uh, Venus. Just basically the whole fucking season for Liberty. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just no agency. We're going to do terrible things to these girls. 
And, you know, it's also bad because they're characters of color and we're putting them into stereotypical plots and it just sucks. And, oh yeah, like, you know, the, the white, the white character gets to do whatever the fuck she wants with impunity. Yup. So... Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think those are big ol' huns. Um, I was gonna go with a... Mine was a little different, which was everyone getting back with cheaters. I don't understand why this was a plot twice. That's what I really don't understand. I understand that society sucks and people think this is a captivating plot line, so they're gonna have it regardless. But my big question is, why did we go through a whole entire arc with Spike doing it, and then why did we suddenly have a Marco plot where he did that? I don't get it. It's not interesting to me. It just makes me sad. Like, these are both examples of characters who are very kind and very good and are very, and like, you know, deserve really good stuff to happen to them. They are both hurt in a horrible way. And we're supposed to, like, you know, we're supposed to be happy that they have done this, like, you know, have gotten back with these people. I, I would have, if it was once, I would have been like, this fucking sucks. But the fact that it's twice is really where it puts me in the huh territory. Like, why are you going to repeat, basically repeat this plot? And this doesn't even include, because, like, if this doesn't even include the Spinner-Darcy-Page situation, um, which also gets to a bit of a weird spot, too, in terms of, like, being deceitful and not giving all the information regarding like, you know, being with another person. Um, And I just really don't understand why this kept being a plot. And like, once again, I understand like we're going to more of like a soap opera type of thing, but like there are other ways that you could have couples get back together. And you could also have couples not be together for a little bit and not have the reason be cheating. Like, there are zillions of reasons why people break up that are not cheating. And I think that if we really wanted to see characters break up and get back together, there's a zillion other ways we could have experienced that. Yeah. It seems like people in the first four seasons were breaking up for actual reasons. Right. Like, when Manny just dumps Spinner's ass for finding out his part and what happened to Jimmy. Right. It's like, you can definitely have really fucking dramatic reasons. Sorry, I just knew she was going to come in my lap. Hi, Dahlia. Um, I knew that there, like, there's always really, you can always have dramatic breakups and dramatic reunions and blah, 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 blah. But when the answer every single time is so-and-so is making out with another person without the, the person's permission, it's just fucking boring. Yeah. Okay. Oh, when you see Dahlia cam. Hey, Dahlia. Little palate cleanser. <laughs> um, so, next is uh, characters, comings, and goings. Um, so, this is the worst welcome to Degrassi I have ever fucking done. Both of these characters have been kind of absolutely horrendous and honestly one of which i'm surprised we haven't talked about more but i think it more speaks to how much we don't like him um because welcome to degrassi peter 
this little man is a fucking dark cloud on this show. And I try to not come in swinging with character hate. Um, because the truth is, is that I have complicated feelings toward a lot of characters, but I wouldn't even say I hate, like, I don't hate Spinner. I have really, like, you know, I think he, he fucks up. But overall, I have some fond memories of him that I can't hate him. I can't hate Craig, which I know is for some people is very controversial. Um, but I can't hate him. There's a lot of characters that even if I think that they were fucking idiots for seasons, I will not say I hate. Peter, I fucking hate. Because he comes in, he's so self-assured that, like... Because, well, like, Peter disappears for a fair amount of the episodes, then only appears in Emma plot lines, which we actively try to, like, disassociate from. Like, and, like, well, the Emma plot lines then became Snake cheating plot lines. And it's just, like, he comes in and he acts like a fucking villain and it's just awful. It's terrible. It, like, like we've, we said it. Like, Rick was a monster. Peter's a villain. Yeah. Like, and, you know, then the show tries to redeem him at the back end. And it doesn't work for me. I don't know if it worked for other people. I don't know if Peter has fans. If you're a fan of Peter, like, examine your life. I'm sorry. Oh, if you can name me one, one redeeming quality of Peter and back it up with evidence that's in the show, I will, like, I will, I will secede my point. But I mean, you know I'm driving the Peter hate train, so, like. But the thing is, like, <laughs> what remind like, Peter reminds me of a character that was done way better on Gravity Falls. You know, that Disney cartoon. Gravity Falls is great. You know, yes. And, like, there's that ghost, I think. I didn't actually watch Gravity Falls. I just saw, like, a gift set about this. Who constantly tries to make, a, I believe, uh, one of the main female characters like him. And when she doesn't, he tries to turn the town against her. Mm-hmm. And everybody is just like, ew. Like, oh, well, what is your deal? And I know, well, you can say different time period, but it's still gross. And Peter is still terrible. Like, and Degrassi's writers don't seem to care, like, when men are terrible. It, mm-hmm. I would love, love for us to get to one season where I can't say that the writers are just going by boys will be boys. Because that still feels like what it is. Like, Peter gets nothing thrown at him that doesn't immediately slide off. And that is frustrating and disrespectful to the female characters. It's also like almost a a um, a study in how this mentality escalates, right? Because it starts off with like the boys can steal a car and, and you know just get chastised a little bit and get their tickets ripped up. To a boy can do a horrible thing. And still be seen as a protagonist by the end of the of the season, like it's hey, assault assault a drunk girl, get to date her best friend. Right. That is that is the consequence for Peter. Right. 
And it's like, once again, there Peter in this whole entire season, and the reason why, like, I, I'm coming down so fucking hard on this character is because of the fact that, like, he does not give a shit. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. Or he thinks if he thinks he did something wrong, he thinks he's vindicated in it because his daddy is too fucking busy for him. Um, and and that is infuriating. And the problem I think the problem that I have with Peter is because I know this boy. I've seen this boy. Um, not just as somebody like in like this is a societal problem. Uh, and I feel like Degrassi is just kind of displaying how how this mentality can like there are definitely men in the world who have done what Peter have done and are still getting a hero at it. And it's infuriating. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just like I think that's why I I just I'm very curious if people I don't, I don't even know, like I'm curious if people really like him because even as a kid and I've said this before. Even as a kid, I hated him. I did not like him because I liked Manny and I didn't like what he did to Manny. Um, and I didn't necessarily have the capacity to really deep dive in the deeper implications of the fact that he never really took accountability for it. Um, but that alone was enough of a reason that I was like, I don't care how many episodes you get, Peter. I don't care how many plots you get. I don't care how nice you are to Emma, you hurt Manny. Um, and I'm curious if, like, he was a character that anyone genuinely came around on. Because, like, once again, I wasn't super into the fandom, so I can't really speak to, like, what the fandom was like around him. Um, but that alone, as a kid, was enough for me to just be like, I don't like this dude, and I'm not going to like this dude. Um, and I don't know. It's just, like, as a teenager who was not thinking too much about, like, 2020, what are the deeper implications of this plot... I was still not liking him. I just don't understand. It it really doesn't make sense. He he really is a rain cloud on the series. Um, and it's just like, it's just, there's no redemption. We're just supposed to roll with it because the writers keep forcing him down our throats. If I was, watch, if I was watching this on my own for pleasure and not as a hobby job, um... I would the minute I saw that Emma and Peter were getting together, I would drop this fucking show. Damn. Like, cause that would be the point where I'm just like, well, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a slap in the face, and and I think it kind of goes back to the issue that we keep running into in this series with the level of disrespect they had toward Manny, because it's like, there's also this this very real and honestly very um misogynistic and not misogynistic I'm not really sure what the word is there's like a racism aspect to it maybe it's misogyny as well um but there's this I can't quite think of the word and Frank if you can think of it feel free to jump in I, I think I, I think it's a stereotypical misogyny yeah it's just like the fact that if like this happened to Manny and because it happened to Manny it's okay but if it happened to like Paige or Emma it would have been like shout or something like that. It would have been a crime, but because it happened to Manny, it isn't a crime. It's a mistake. Um, and that's what I also don't like about it. It feels like if it was a different girl, it would have been an, like Peter would have been a Dean type of character. 
but because it was Manny and because like she always gets into this trouble, um, they were able to to rationalize having this. And I don't know if that's really intentionally what they're thinking, but that's how it feels. Like it it Manny keeps getting shit on. She's been shit on every fucking season at this point. And this just kind of feels like uh, like they they see her they I think they've seen her as a plot point for a very long time and have not given a shit about the fact that she is a person of color. They have not given a shit about the fact that she is a delight. They haven't given a shit about anything about her. Um, and they just let these kind of plots happen with very little consequence for the men. Uh, you know what I. I think the way to simplify it is the white the white girls are saints, the c- girls of color on the show are sinners. Yep. Yeah. In the in the eyes of the writers, the everything that the the, the characters of color do is something they brought upon themselves, or spe- specifically the girls. While for the white girls, tragedy befalls them. Yes. And I don't want that. Like I don't want to try and you know I don't want to paint what happened to Paige as something that you know. I I don't want to undermine those episodes. No. But it's like this almost everything with Emma, everything with Emma is just something that befell her, and it's just like, no, that is not what happened here. <sighs> So, okay, so I don't want to talk about you. We got one other character we got to introduce to Degrassi, which is Derek. Who started off badly. Wait, do we consider Darcy as kind of coming into her own this season? Yeah, but she's not new. We can Fair talk enough. to Darcy if we want, but... I mean- I mean, honestly, I don't know Darcy yet. <laughs> like, Darcy it, seems... It's weird. She was in it quite a bit, and yet we... Well, the thing is, is, like, I felt like I thought I knew her, and then she started doing some stuff that I feel like contradicted what I thought I knew about her, um, and now I feel like I don't know her. <laughs> that I think that kind of sums it up. I think we can then leave it at that with Darcy. Um, she's certainly not my favorite Darcy. That will forever be Kat Dennings in the Marvel movies. Understandable. Who refers to Mjolnir as Meow Meow. Yes. Um, yeah, Derek starts off poorly. Oh, that's a horrendous introduction. Oh, uh, boy. And then... Vaguely clutches it up for me at the end. I know, I know they're playing on my sympathies by making him, like... By, you know, playing like, well, I'm adopted, I never got to know my mom, and I want to connect up with you, Liberty, on that level. And I know I'm a sucker for that. But it's just like, he also did try and earnestly help Liberty towards the end. And honestly, out of everybody in that this fucking show, it felt like he was the only one honestly trying to help Liberty. That's a fair point. Like, the her parents were just like, well, we're going to fucking deal with this. JT was doing his best, but, you know, like, it felt, that felt more out of responsibility. It felt like Derek was just like, I know, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I can have some empathy for the things I've gone through. So please let me help you 
and like it led to this beautiful moment between the two. Like I don't, and also Derek is a kid. Like Derek's, I don't want to excuse fully what Derek says at the beginning, but De- we we have to remember these are teenagers and they learn and are gonna say stupid shit, and then they're going to like. It, but the fact that he like didn't he didn't dig in. He grew. He grew out of the pit he was in. I can give him credit for that. And also, he went on that really terrible date with Emma. Oh, God. Right. He was just trying. He was trying so hard, and she was just being an asshole. Yeah, Emma was doing her fucking, I'm going to date somebody at a spite routine, and it's so terrible. She's done this multiple times, too. Yeah. Uh, give me one second. I just got to get my charger for my computer. Sure thing. I'm watching a video of cats for a second. Just a bunch of rag dolls. I'm back. Okay. I'm watching a bunch of ragdolls welcome their owner. Ragdolls? Ragdoll cats. Oh, okay. kind of look like Dahlia. I'm going to close the window, actually. It's a little chilly now. I know you like the fresh air. I'm going to close it. So I am very confused by the anatomy of Ribot. I love Ribot. Don't question Ribot. They're perfect. She's like, I need to work on my muscles. I'm like, you're metal? Ribot is perfect. I, I like, rushed because he was sick today. Aww. Oh, shit, an entirely new part of the house. Yeah. Um, I just feel like I, my back was hurting, so I'm lying down. Fair enough. Um, all right, so goings. We had a fuck ton lot. Um, technically, goings, not really. Joey, well, Angie, and Diane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But they're all kind of part of the same thing. Hazel? Yeah, but Hazel's the only one of the graduating class who is officially, like, done with the series. Um, the, the thing is... I, like, this is the season I really started to enjoy, Joey. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that has to do with Diane. I love Diane. I yeah, thought Diane was great. I, 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 in the, um, in the, like, she reminded me of a woman Ron Swanson would be into. Um, like when he says, I like a strong, self-possessed woman at the top of her field. Um, your shell swoops is, um, and whatnot. And that's what Diane felt to me. Cause she just shows up. She's like, yo, I want your bald ass. Let's do this thing. 
Right? I really enjoyed it. Well, it's also like, I was thinking about this also, where it's like, these are the type of adult plots that like, as an adult viewer watching a teen show, it was enjoyable. Like, for the longest time, so much of the adult plots are basically just cheating. Especially with all the Caitlin and Joey nonsense. Um, And it was nice having a plot that was not that. It was just, like, I liked that the challenge was that she's younger. And I liked that the challenge was that, um, you know, she she has a group of friends who were very mean. But um, she, you know, she was trying to find common ground between the two groups because she genuinely liked him. Like, I liked that that was what they were struggling with. Because ultimately, I feel like, especially in the case of Joey, where he has two kids and he, you know, his his life path has been a little weird, especially because he is a, a widower and things like that. Like, I feel like that is more interesting and more realistic and more like what adult plots could be if the premise is let's use some of these original like these original Degrassi cast members because we're acknowledging that we have adult viewers. Yeah. So I mean I will also miss Angie. She's cute. She reminded me so much of Nanako from Persona 4 Gold and now on PC, thank Jesus. Um <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, but Hazel hurts. Yeah, it sucks because we knew that she wasn't going to be getting very much. Um, but I think what really frustrates me about Hazel is, in many ways, there's not really a fadeaway. You know, it's not like oh, we had her for a couple episodes and then she just kind of disappeared. Like Hazel has been in a bunch of episodes and has been a supporting member of a lot of plots and has been a love interest and things like that. It's just that she has been screwed out of any opportunities of an A-plot. And I feel like that is what truly hurts. And and the thing also with, with her is that I feel like acting-wise, her actress is really good. Um, it, it wasn't a case of, like, she's a weak, you know, she had weak acting skills and, like, maybe that's why, like, the plots were necessarily granted. Like, she had the talent. It definitely was just that the writers are fucking racist. And it it blows. Um, and I don't know. It, it really was, it's one of those moments where it's like, yes, there's a lot of structural racism at play and this is just an example of it. Um... But I will think a lot about how, like, even as a kid, I liked her. And I find that so interesting of how likable she was as an actress and how likable she was as with what she was granted. And it just makes me wish that we saw more. And not even just what they set up in the first A-plot that they gave her. Just in general. Like, I just found her to be such a charming character that... um, it just sucks. I don't know how else to put it. It sucks. We've talked a lot about Hazel. We've talked a lot about her role or lack thereof in plots. Um, and it just sucks that it just sucks kind of seeing her just get sent off. And this is how her character ends. Yeah. I'm just done. I'm looking at cat butt. Yeah, you are. 
I wish there's more to say, but I think you've summed it up like fully. Fairly well, Hazel. Yeah. Okay. So um, now we'll go to highs and lows. <laughs> um so usually we do a, you know our favorite episode or least favorite episode. Um this was hard. Figuring out the top of the class was really hard for me. Um and my reason why was most of the time um the way that I approach the best episode of the season is I go which had the strongest A plot B plot combination. So a lot of the time when I have selected the best episode, it has been in terms of craft. It has been in terms of like this episode, the, these A plot and B plots complemented each other. There was interesting like, you know, interplay between them, et cetera, et cetera. I really struggled finding one that I definitively was like, yes, the A plot and the B plot were good. It felt like a lot of these I personally like if I liked one plot, I hated the other plot or a lot of the episodes honestly are taken up by the JT and Liberty pregnancy plot. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all of those episodes I really got upset by because of the fact that it was all about JT and it wasn't at all about Liberty. It wasn't at all about Liberty and, and you know, the zillions of, of moments of interplay that come with her situation and, I didn't have, like, a coherent best episode. Um, so I just went with one that I liked more, um, which was Tell It To My Heart, which I I wish had more, um, more of an impact on the plot. But at the end of the day, it's an episode that resonates with me, um, and I, you know, relate a lot to Marco's struggle of coming out and being out in school versus being out at home versus being out to certain parents. Um, so I went with that. But even then, I don't feel as great about it as I have in other seasons where I was like, yes, this is the best episode. This one just kind of felt like this was the best I could find. I'm going to go with Lexicon of Love. Mm-hmm. Those felt like tight episodes, and it led me to get what I wanted. So, yeah. I'm going to be selfish. Yeah, Lexicon of Love isn't bad either. That was, that was like my second. So, that's fine to me. Wait, actually, what was the one where um, Hazel, Paige, and Alex get like in that food fight? Oh, jeez. Um... Wasn't that one of the subplots of the Emma eating disorder? Episodes? Oh, no. No, I'm actually going to say those. Um, our lips are sealed. Mm-hmm. Um, despite how uncomfortable those episodes made me, I felt like they were the best made episodes. Fair enough. So. Um, and, like, that, those B-plots kind of gave me exactly what I wanted. That's true. Those are very sad. That's a there are satisfying B plot things happening in those episodes. Not the first B plot of snaking back together with Spike, but no, the second that was B-plot. horrendous. The second one, second yeah. one. So overall, a very good episode. Mhm. Worst episode. Where'd you pick? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Damn. Or wait, that that's the Marco one, right? I think so. Yeah. Double chick. Why is the Wikipedia article so long? 
Um, there was like a lot of articles written. I didn't really talk about it with critics because it's like, um, but some people were were saying that um, there was like an after Elton article during the time that was saying that like Degrassi allowed its LGBTQ characters to be flawed. Um, so maybe it has to do with that. What's your least favorite? I was gonna say High Fidelity just because I felt like it was a disservice to that graduating class. Like, thank you for introducing me to stars as a kid, but, like, overall, like, no thanks. Um, It's also, like, and we haven't talked too much about this, but, like, I feel like a lot of the Friendship Club stuff just didn't age well. Um, No. I think think it was very much what the situation was back then. Um, If you want to know what it was like to be in, like, a predominantly white Christian uh, high school um, and religion was, like, youth group was trendy, like, this is a very good way to understand that from that, from that, like, mid-aughts era. But, um, it just doesn't, I mean, just the world's different, right? Like, the, the conversation surrounding religion um and the conversation surrounding christianity and the conversation like i I feel like it's just not the same um and i think that i understand why it went in the direction it did at the time um but i think this is one of the worst pieces in terms of how it has aged um i think all the friendship club plots just they were kind of embarrassing to watch. Um, and I think Spinner's arc and his relationship with it ran continuously into this issue in which he was not acknowledging what he did wrong. And because of it, his seeking salvation through Friendship Club came off really frustrating and not particularly compelling. So we ended up in the mess that we did. And that's just how it is. Uh, but I think that the fact that that dominated high fidelity when it should have been more about the seniors and they're graduating or, or in the case of Spinner and Jimmy, the fact that they aren't graduating, um, it was just frustrating. It, it was upsetting, especially after you have followed these characters and cared so deeply about these characters for so many seasons that they don't really get like a true send off outside of like a, basically a montage. Yeah. With the montage. Like, Ugh. not even as I want, because it's just like, I don't know, there's so many unanswered questions. Sorry. Um, I also, interesting enough, I wrote a note in here, because I was re-listening to the season four um, recap to, to prepare for this. Um, and I, I, I feel like it's worth mentioning this while we're talking about high fidelity and we're talking about relationship dynamics. I made a note in season four that I really enjoyed Marco, Craig and Jimmy's relationship dynamic because, and according to what I had said back in season four, they weren't weighed down by spinner. And now we're in season five and guess who weighed them down spinner. So interesting. Um, really wish past me remembered what happened in season five. So I wouldn't have to like, you know, be terribly wrong in season four's recap, but um, I thought it was interesting that I had said that, and then what happened 
Spinner fucking bogged down the fuck out of season five. Yeah, I don't care for Spinner. <laughs> it's just, it, it's similar to Peter. He doesn't actually take accountability for his shit. So why am I supposed to feel bad for him? Like, it's, it's, it's a case of like, especially in the case of teenagers, like teenagers are going to screw up and they're going to make mistakes and they are going to do bad things and they're going to do wrong things. Um, and, and in, that's okay. But the fact that we don't show these kids taking any accountability whatsoever for their actions is just, what's the fucking point? Like, I'm tired of watching Spinner and Peter demand entry into certain social groups by, by the reasoning of they, they felt bad that they were being isolated. No, you don't, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be, you know, taking accountability and working on yourself before you get access to those spaces again. And, and the fact that neither of these characters really do that is fucking annoying. Yeah. Um, you ready for superlatives? Sure. Uh, so, um, these are the same that we have. Um, honestly, I had trouble with these because of the nature of this season, but, um, we will try our best together. Uh, best all around. Um, I said Jimmy. Um, I think that he does some growing in this season. I think it could have been done better, but overall, I think the fact that he, um, was learning to embrace his gifts and talents outside of sports was really nice to see. Um, I like that he has a fan in Ellie um, and that, you know, she she was trying to get him to nurture that part of himself. Um, I appreciate that it looks like next season we may have this very real struggle that he's going to have, which is that he could not complete his graduating year and now he is going to functionally be held back to make up those credits. Um, but I think that, you know, while I feel like all of this stuff that I'm talking about could be better, I think the overall ideas being set up for Jimmy are interesting um, and a step in a better direction than where we were at in season four regarding him. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I'm going to say Alex. Okay. Because um, I feel like we've consistently seen her trying to be better, trying to be different than she was in the last season. Um, it falters towards the end because she's just so frustrated with Paige and her situation. But I definitely feel like Alex was the most true to herself through the entire season. Um, plus that last thing where she just gives that guy, like, that mansplainy dude at the end, like, a glare as she, like, just pumps butter on his stupid popcorn. True. Fair. So. So, yeah. Uh, so next is Biggest Flirt. Ellie. Okay. Not by her choice. Mm-hmm. Everybody just kept thinking Ellie was after their man, which sucked. But... You know, and also we got to see Ellie have crushes on people. Which is nice. Yeah, plus, you know, there was definitely some flirting between her and Jimmy, even if not, even if Ellie didn't kind of, like, know what she was doing, there was definitely some flirt flirts. Yeah, there was. Like, you could have a flirty dynamic with somebody and not 
date them, and I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You could still be really good pals, but be flirty. Yeah. Which which can be hard to discern when you're a teenager and sometimes even as an adult, but there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Yeah. Um, mine was I was gonna say Mandy because I think she needs to be I I she is she deserves to be unapologetic because who gives a fucking shit about everybody here? Manny, flirt with people and do what you have to do to survive at this fucking school. Yeah. And have fucking fun doing it. Yeah. And stop like, hanging out with Emma. Stop hanging out with Emma. You deserve so much better. I don't even know who she should hang out with, but definitely not Emma. <laughs> Manny should Manny should start a small recreational fire and return to Grassy from whence it came and go to a different school where nobody knows her. Fuck yes, that would be ideal. Wait, um, isn't yeah. that how Degrassi was defeated before there was a fire? Yup, yup, that's how uh, Degrassi <laughs> Junior High ends. It's like all the characters watching the school go up in flames. <laughs> it's not really that funny, but like the the shock value of it and like the. If I recall correctly, and I've only seen this once, so I might be wrong, but, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the closing credits are happening as they're watching the school burn, which I found to be so melodramatic. <laughs> Just watching it burn to the ground. Right. Um, next is Class Clown. Do you have a Class Clown? <sighs> trying to think who made me laugh the most i said me tuning in each week and thinking it was going to be better (laughs) um it? how about um (laughs) i'm gonna say joey sure not joey okay never mind I was going to roll with it. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I feel like somebody was giving really good asides everywhere. I can't remember who it is. Which kind of disqualifies the film being class clown if I can't remember it. You know what? Exactly. Emma had some pretty good digs for as terrible as she was. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'll give it to Emma because, like, when Emma wasn't being shitty to Manny and being sh- like she was being shitty to other people, like she was shitty to people, I wanted her to be shitty too. It was a blast. Well, okay, so like, I'm speaking specifically of like, <laughs> like um, when Snake after they get Snake and Spike get back together, Snake's like, we have an announcement to make, and Emma's just like, you're gonna stop calling each other by your. By your high school nickname. Oh, that was fucking good. You're right. That was a fucking funny dig. Like, if she... she, I think that's the, the point of Emma that makes me upset the most, is she has powers that she could use for good, but she never does. I mean, that's the big thing to me about Emma, is the fact that... Um, is the fact that she is sitting on a whole lot of potential in her role and and the fact that she she should be the do-gooder like she should be it doesn't mean that she has to be great at it all the time but 
she's framed as this environmentalist and everything. And instead she's like a, a very good exposure of white fragility. Like, I feel like that's kind of what she ends up being. And I don't even think the writers intended her to be. Um, but the fact that like, she was supposed to be this, like, like this, this figure who's supposed to be trying to, to cure the world's ailments. And instead she's causing them or reveling in them is just, like, it's like a villain arc, but I don't know if it was ever supposed to be a villain arc. Yeah. So. <sighs> but yeah, um, next one we have is... <sighs> uh, cutest couple. Joey and Dan. Yeah, that's right. You know what? I'm going to give it to them, too. I thought they were delightful. As it's weird because I couldn't really cheer for any couples, but as soon as you said that, I remember that was in this season, and I was like, they were great. Yeah. Um, oh, life... do, you, do you remember when Diane was helping Andrew with her homework? I do. It was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, uh, but next is Life as a cute uh, Life of the Party. I want to party with any of these kids. For one reason, they're kids. But for the other reason, no. I mean, they all kind of suck. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Caitlin. Really? You want to have? You want to go on a Caitlin party? Because you know it's gonna be, it's you know it's gonna get fucked up somewhere, and I don't mean like get drunk fucked up. Oh, you just wanna up. be there when it happens. Like I want to be there like at two a.m. when three of our group are just missing. We don't know where they've dropped off, and we have to go find them. And Caitlin is panicking. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. So, so All yeah, right. that's that's my choice. Okay, I, I agree with that. Um, I was going to say Alex and Paige because they did have a pretty fucking fun time in the VIP section. Um, but that was as good as I was going to get. That's a better answer. Uh, next is Most Athletic, which I lean into the mic and I go, Degrassi, you need jocks, for fuck's sake. The fact that there were no jocks is also a reason why this season was disappointing. We don't have Kendra. We don't have any, like, none of these kids play sports anymore. We literally had an arc in which Jimmy decided he doesn't want to do sports anymore. We got no jocks. I am starving for jock content. And I feel like it is necessary. And I don't understand how we're having a high school show. This is when you know the writers of it were not popular kids in high school. Like, they were all this kid. And I... I feel like this is a disservice to the high school experience. And once again, I plead to you, Degrassi, I don't care how much you didn't like the jocks in high school. You need them. They are part of the ecosystem of a high school. Yeah. Like, does, did any kid do, outside of the Jimmy plot, did any kid do any sport this season? No. <laughs> right? Like, I don't understand. Because, like, the, these kids have had sports under their belt, right? Even if it was for, like, a hot second. 
Emma was on the field hockey team. Manny did gymnastics in field hockey. Liberty coached field hockey. Uh, Spinner was like the, you know, did some stuff during the basketball games. Um, Like, kids have had moments where they have done athletics. I don't understand how they think they can sustain plots without sports being mentioned at all. It's like you have cheerleading, but who are they cheerleading for? I don't understand. Kendra left and took all the sports with her. Yep. Yep. All we got is Spirit Squad. That's it. That's it. So fuck what it. Are they, what Hazel. are they sending your spirit to? Hazel. Yeah, why not? Why not? I just I just don't understand how how it's it's ridiculous. And I don't want to be like like I know like I'm usually advocating for the jock. I know that has been a thing I have done on this show consistently. I just but I am still so baffled by this. The fact that this is a teen show and this season went by and like we didn't watch Oh, I guess also Derek. I guess Derek is technically the most athletic. Because his plot actually had to do, as much as I hated his plot with Jimmy at first, it did introduce the fact that he can play basketball. So I guess the most athletic is Jimmy and Derek. But even then, Jimmy, I want Jimmy to explore art, and I want Jimmy to explore that side of him. Yeah. This is terrible. This is horrible. (laughs) This is the most messy of fucking season recap we've ever done. It really is. This is a tragedy. I don't write sins. I write tragedies. Did I get that up messed up? Did I get that backwards? Uh, it's I write sins, not tragedies. Nah. Sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> most changed. Um, I said Peter parentheses, but it's bad. <laughs> Peter is the one we're supposed to think is the most changed. I would argue probably actually Jimmy is the most changed. Um, Maybe even Ellie is the most changed. Um, But I think we're supposed to believe Peter is the most changed. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's fucking terrible. (laughs) It is. I like just get rid of Peter. Just send him like send him to a farm upstate where he'll be happy. Right. Like I feel like I I I feel like Peter could have been two separate characters. Peter could have been a one-off character who did the horrible things to Manny, and then could have been a different character who didn't do the horrible things to Manny. But like maybe was like maybe like. Even if it was just a case of like he hooked up with Manny, it was a shitty hookup, and now she's now he's pursuing Emma, and that's kind of weird. Like you could have still had some of that relationship drama without me having to constantly remember that he is a fucking monster. Yeah. He could have just been a messy teenage boy. Yeah. Um, most likely to succeed. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Because we'll keep going. I don't give a shit. Nobody succeeded in this fucking season. Yeah. Craig, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. He's recording shit. Will it work? I don't know. Yeah. Fuck it. 
I don't know. Um, most unforgettable. I said Peter because, as I said before, he's a fucking rain cloud on this season. And I distinctly remember him no matter how old I was. I remember how much I dislike him. Unforgettable doesn't have to be a good way. So I'm saying Peter. It's always going to be Alex for me. My my sweet, tough girl. That's sweet. So. Um, most unique. Jimmy. That works. Because Jimmy, like, we're seeing, like... I was about to say, we we haven't really seen this, but, like, then High School Musical kind of stole the whole thing for Troy of Jock who wants to be a music man. Um, but it's just, like, Jimmy... Jimmy's struggle is, I feel like, the most unique out of all of them. I mean, we literally saw Liberty's plotline with Manny, except this is a different execution of it. You know, um... Emma's plot line towards the end. We saw that with Toby, but this is a different execution of it. Uh, Snake and Spike's plot line. We've seen that multiple times. This is a different execution of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, but Jimmy's is just like, hey, I'm, I'm changing. I'm evolving. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm adapting. Not, not to say that I don't like, I think like sports folk are lesser folk. But he's, you know, he, it's like a Pokemon evolution. He's getting stronger. Mm-hmm. So. That's a giant sloth. It is a giant sloth. Sorry, Frank sees my video, so I forget that I do things and then he he can see it. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said. Um. The last thing that we really have to address is what we want from season five. Um, I know, I mean, I feel like what it comes down to is that I just want moments that emotionally resonate and they don't have to be huge. Um, I know that in the shadow of the plots of season four, it's, you know, it's hard to decide where you want to go, especially because season four was so loud in terms of some of the plot points. Um, But I think at the end of the day, if you make the characters ring true, if you make the characters relatable, if you make the character, if you give a way for these characters to connect with their audience, it's probably going to go better than how, you know, like a well-developed, tightly wound, like, plot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, I, I I want more Alex. I want more Paige, and that's and the same things you want. I'm just I keep I felt like of the last three the last two season recaps I said I just want the show to be better, and that remains a true thing. And that's how I think feel like the show gets better. But we'll see if it happens. Yeah, I mean. I want to say I want less cis people, but I know we eventually see some trans and gender non-conforming characters down the line. We still got a while. Um, but it would be nice to see more of a uh, more, more, more shades of the LGBTQ experience. Um, and when I say that, I, I do also mean like 
it would be nice to see more characters of color and their experience with it. Um, and we're in this weird spot where we had Alex identify as a lesbian, Marco has identified as gay, and Paige hasn't really put a label, um, which is fine, right? Like, it's okay to not really have a label, but it would be nice to have characters explicitly say that they are bisexual. Um, so also seeing more of that type of exploration, um, and, and maybe not having, like, modeling perfect relationships every single time, um, but definitely letting sleeping dogs lie in the case of certain relationships and letting these characters move on to other people and developing different relationships with them. Um, I think showing cheating, like cheating characters who are able to just kind of waltz back in with very little consequence and very little plan to be pretty, pretty bad. Um, I think that it can potentially, I mean, I just feel like it's just not authentic um, and not real. And I think the fact that I also don't want to see these plots happening like multiple times within the season. I understand some things are going to repeat. I don't have as much of an issue with that, especially because like every situation is different. Like, yeah, you can make the argument that Manny and Liberty have both gone through a similar plot in the sense that they both have a deal with an unplanned pregnancy. Um, but once again, they're both going to handle it differently. I don't mind repeats, but I want to see what's unique and new in these situations. Um, and I don't know. It's just, I, I feel like just finding the heart again is, is kind of what's necessary. And, and I understand we want to see dramatics. We want to see that type of stuff, but like, I think you can have both. I truly believe you can have dramatic sweeping moments, but also still have heart. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what season six brings us. Yeah. And hey, we we made it through. <laughs> Somehow, some way. Um, but in all seriousness, I am excited to check out season six with you. I'm excited to see where we're going to end up. I'm excited to see where the conversations we have will go. Um, and I am hopeful that with a new graduating class means we get some fresh blood and maybe we will find some new faves. Of, uh, I now know what we're going out on. Oh. Uh, the eel song, Fresh Blood. Nice. I'm glad that I could inspire. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of, I mean, uh, do you have any other final thoughts about the season? Not really. All right. Well, then, if you, gentle listener, have any questions, comments, concerns regarding the season, um, feel free to email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Um, feel free to ask us really anything. We'd love to answer. Um, if you want to keep in touch with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at ihopepod, or you can follow our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. Um, and we... Love seeing anything, everything, questions, memes, um, observations. Um, we may not always reply to them, but we definitely read them um, and definitely marvel over them. And usually we get so overwhelmed, then sometimes it takes us a little while to get back to you. But know that we read them and we enjoy them. Um, 
I don't know if you saw Frank, but someone left like a comment on like one of our episodes and it was really, really sweet. Um, I didn't actually see it. What was it? Uh, I didn't, I didn't pull it up on me for right now, but it was a, a veteran saying that like they're excited about the show and um, it was just really sweet. Um, I'm really glad to see like veterans connect with this. Cause I know that I am not an expert expert. Um, you know, I, I feel like there are people, if this was a Degrassi trivia game, I feel like a couple people would beat me. Um, but I hope, I hope like my love for the series still shines through even during episodes like this. And I hope that also, I hope it sounds like I really appreciate veterans who express their enthusiasm toward Frank's journey. Um, <laughs> because I think that it is really exciting as a veteran to kind of listen, like listen to somebody who is experiencing this for the first time. Um, because we all have our takes, uh, but to watch someone form their own is so fun and really why I love this project so much. Uh, but thank you everybody who has been doing that type of stuff. Um, it's really appreciated. Um, there's a couple ways you could support the show. We have a coffee account, but, um, I'm going to keep stressing to consider donating to as, as the, you know, as protests are continuing regarding Black Lives Matter, please make sure that you're keeping up to date of which bail bonds, bail funds that you can be supporting, which organizations you can be supporting, um, and do what you can with your money to support them. Um, and also, if you want to support our show outside of finances, you can always leave ratings or reviews. Um, once we hit certain tiers, we're going to start giving back with some bonus content. And thank you, everybody, who has left them so far. Um, but um, if you'd like to keep in touch with me, the best way you can do that is go on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. Um, I am honestly my twitter it runs the gamut um and it doesn't always look like it's super degrassi but i assure you if you at me and you ask me a degrassi thing i will gladly answer um so please don't be uh put off by whatever is going on on my uh twitter account at the moment because i am always down to talk about it um i have two projects um i talked about rest day before which is a scene that i originally uh funded for covid19 relief um I'm currently relisting it with the hopes of donating it to a, um, we're currently pulling the contributors for which organization we're going to be sending it to, but we're trying to look into a black focused organization that we can uh, donate any proceeds for. So if you're interested, it's a Fire Emblem Three Houses zine. Um, it's PDF only. Um, and we have more information regarding it on our Twitter account at rest day zine. Um, where you can find out some more information about it and the relisting and how you can um, how you can get a hold of it. And then I also have Cherished Zine, uh, which is about Dimitri and Dudu from Fire Emblem Three Houses. We're raising money for NAMI, which is going to be providing support relating to mental illness. Um, we are going to our last check-in, so we're going to start opening up pre-order soon. Um, and it is going to be a really big collection with some really, really gorgeous stuff in it. So um, there'll be more information also on the Twitter account regarding that. Um, I, damn it, that echo. Um, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk that I do with my sister. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing this week because it's kind of it's summer rerun, so we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We don't have a, a theme. Um, 
And that's about it for me, actually. <laughs> cool. Um, so, that being said, everybody, we hope you can keep making it through to season six and that you're going to be there with us. Later. Bye.